because I'm working for a living. All right, Celebrating America's Workers was rooted in the late 19th century when labor activists pushed for a federal holiday to recognize the many contributions workers have made to America's strength, prosperity, and well-being. When I think of America's workers, I think of my pal Mike Rowe and his foundation, Mike Rowe Works. He's the host of the rebooted Discovery Channel series, Dirty Jobs, host of the Story Behind the Story podcast, The Way I Heard It, Voice of the Deadliest Catch. His mom just released another book, Vacuum in the nude and other ways to get attention. He also hosts How America Works on the Fox Business Network. You know, Mike, get busy. What a slacker. <laughs> you know what we got here, Dave? We got ourselves the making of a tradition. I've talked to you on Labor Day. Yes, it's, it's been a tradition for that long. And it's a, it's a good thing because when I think about who stands up for America's workers and talks about work ethics and, and finding good jobs and skilled trade workers, it's Mike Rowe. Well, thanks. That's some pretty tall cotton, but you know, I it's a it's an awkward holiday for me in some ways because you know for twenty years I worked on dirty jobs. I'm still working on mm-hmm. dirty jobs, and I I run a foundation that, as you say, really focuses primarily uh, on the worker. But we're living in a very different time mm-hmm. than we did when Labor Day you know, first was started back in 1894. Um, we're not, we're not really facing giant union issues or, or, uh, work days or work weeks or so many of the, the challenges that faced America's workforce a hundred years ago, they're, they've changed and they've evolved. And, and today the reason my foundation actually launched. This is my birthday, by the way. Microworks started 14 years wow. ago on Labor Day. Man. And and on this day, for me, the thing, the biggest crisis facing the American workforce is very, very different than it was over 100 years ago. Today, the country's looking at what appears to be a precipitous decline mm-hmm. in work ethic. And what we try and celebrate at Microworks and what I try and talk about on this day uh, are ways to reinvigorate American work ethic, ways to encourage and inspire people who wish to learn a skill that doesn't require a four-year degree. That's what our scholarship program is about, and that's really where I'm coming from on Labor Day in 2022. We need to tap back into the work ethic that made the country special and unique And I worry when I look around at the state of things today. Well, so many working from home, uh, many have proven and a high level of productivity as the work environment shifts. We all know that some people aren't diving in as much as they should. Elon Musk told employees to return to the office or pretend to work somewhere else. And I was taught early on to show up early, you know, stay late, prove yourself every day, prove your worth every day. And to some, you know, work has become the enemy. I own a small business. I have 50 people, my business partner and I uh, have, and, you know, they work very hard. And, you know, yeah, some people need their fires lit like in any company, but where does the American work ethic stand today? It's a great topic. I mean, look, and if you Google the decline of American work ethic, you'll see more articles written in the last year than have been written in the last 15. It really and truly is a thing. It's not just about remote work, and it's not just about 
guys like Elon Musk saying what they say. Tim Cook, by the way, has asked Apple employees to do the same thing, and they're simply not doing it. They're simply saying, no, we we don't wish to do that. And look, it's not about really picking a side. This is the problem with celebrating Labor Day in the same way that it's always been celebrated. It pits your 50 employees against you and your partner. It presupposes that labor will always be the eternal adversary of management. But of course, that's not really how the country actually works. That's a very narrow way to look at all of this. Those, Those two things, labor and capital, labor and management, they're two sides of the same coin. And work ethic is every bit as important as the risk that you and your partner assumed when you started your business. And so the employee is, is, is not the enemy of the employer. No. Yeah, no. there's there's always going to be tension. But the thing that props them both up and the thing that anybody can share, regardless of party or class or race or anything else, is, as you said, an affirmative willingness to get up early, stay late, do the hard thing, and take a bite of the poop sandwich when it's your turn. We're talking to Mike Rowe. His foundation is Mike Rowe Works. It can be found at MikeRoweWorks.org. And there's more with Mike after a look at your traffic and weather. All right, Dave Plyer, and for Bob Serrano on this Labor Day morning, we are talking to TV personality Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, Deadliest Catch, and MikeRoweWorks.org. You know, companies like Apple, Microsoft, and, and others have told their employees that they are not going to work from home permanently, and they want them back in the office, and they've said no. No, they're not coming back at 100%. So who is working for who here? You know, and I know it was a different time, but back in the 80s, President Reagan told air traffic controllers to come back to work, and they said no, and they were all fired. You also have to see the fact that that this there is a right to work. Every single air traffic controller in those days had maximum freedom. They had a complete and total choice to make. So, too, do travelers. So, too, does the government. And so it's not as if this whole business about working from home is good or bad or right or wrong. It's simply not the choice of the employee. It's just not. And we can yell and scream and pitch a fit about it. But look, for the rest of us, the signs are everywhere. How many restaurants have closed in the last year? Oh, yeah. Over 100,000. Yeah. All right. The ones that are still open. How many of your listeners? I, I... I know they've seen it. Please be patient. Yeah. We're dealing with a skeleton crew. Please yeah. be patient as yeah. we cook your food and attempt to serve you. Yeah. This is happening everywhere. And look, there are 11.5 million jobs right now, David, that are open. We've got 5.8 million people who are uh, unemployed and uh, purportedly looking for work. But even if all those people got hooked up, with some of the available jobs, you'd still be looking at millions and millions and millions of open opportunities. And that says something about our country that's not terribly flattering. And, you know, again, reasonable people can disagree as to why. Are the employers rapacious and greedy? Are the employees universally lazy? These are the arguments we hear. All they do is divide us more. 
Well, but since, and I was we ought to say, be able to talk honestly about Yeah, and I wanted to say, like, you know, I'm not trying to get political about it, too. This isn't a Republican thing. It's not a Democratic thing. It's like a Democrat thing. It's it's a let's get back to the office and work and collaborate. Now, some companies can do it. Maybe there's some jobs that they can do that are at their desk, at their computer. They can do it anywhere. I get that. But, you know, I work in an environment that is also manufacturing. People actually have to be on machinery, and they have to collaborate with people in the office. And, and, and you know, we've been back in since may late may early june of 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 2020 because we have to otherwise we can't get our our products out there but you know you always put your money where your mouth is mike and and your uh, foundation and the scholarships you provided is part of your work ethic scholarship program which you know focuses on financial assistance to getting people trained for those skills uh aviation technology welding plumbing manufacturing carpentry construction and and many more. There's not shop classes in most high schools anymore, but there are great paying jobs out there, and we need to be training people to fill those roles. Millions of them. We just gave away, uh, let's see, last week, $1.5 million in work ethic scholarships. Not one penny, not one penny went to people who want to pursue a four-year degree. I'm not opposed to four-year degrees. Me neither. But I'm looking around. And I'm watching what's happening with student loan forgiveness, which, by the way, is not forgiveness. It's simply a transfer. And and I'm I'm looking at where the real opportunities are. The, the vast majority of those eleven and a half million open positions don't require a four year degree. They require training. And so to to get behind uh, that opportunity and to and to try and make a persuasive case, look, your plumber is not working from home. Nope. Your electrician mm-hmm. is not going to solve your problem from home. The most essential part of our workforce will never work from home. They will always be out there on the front line. And again, it's it's not pitting blue collar against white collar. Who cares about the color of collars anymore? What we need to do is hook people up with the skills they need to avail themselves to the opportunities that are out there, but without an underlying enthusiasm for work, then we're just pushing the rock up the hill. And if there's a Labor Day message for 2022, that's what it is. Opportunity doesn't matter without the work ethic to prop it up. No question. Uh, You mentioned a little bit about the uh, student loan forgiveness, and it's really, you know, for people that just paid off their college loan, worked hard to do that for the last five, 10 years, they don't get the benefits. It's it's where you are right now in your life. If you're going to school next year, you don't get it. I I, I don't understand the concept of why just right now and why just these these folks, but as we celebrate America's uh, labor workers, you know, we're dealing with a recession for the most part, inflation, and the president signed a $740 billion inflation reduction bill, which is, I don't understand where the name comes from if you really read what's in the bill. But there, is there an immediate impact to help the American worker? I don't think so. No. I mean, look, it's I'm a bit out of my lane with this one, so let me just step back a second yeah. and say that something I do feel strongly about and something that's impacting every single every single citizen in this country is an all out assault on the English language. We have for years now been confronted every single day with new terms for things we used to understand. 
What can you say about an Inflation Reduction Act that doesn't reduce inflation? What can you say about a student loan forgiveness program that doesn't forgive the loan? What can you say about this ongoing drama between the genders that have rendered otherwise reasonable people incapable of defining a woman? What can you say to make it personal and maybe a little petty? What can you say about the New York Times bestseller list? My mom's book, her third book, by the way, (laughs) Vacuuming in the Nude and Other Ways to Get Attention. I just got the list this morning. She's number 11. She made it again. (laughs) She's a hoot. And this is really important. She's important. I mean, being on that list is important to my mom. She's 84 years old, and she holds that list in, in the highest regard. Two minutes later, I got the book scan list. Now, the book scan list is the true list. Book scan tells you exactly how many copies of a book sold every single week. On that list... My mom is number two. She outsold every single person on the New York Times list. So every how, single one. So how do you explain that? Okay. How, do you, how do you explain the rankings issue when you know it's sell- selling and, and getting the book out there is, is what should be controlling that ranking, right? Well, I mean, yes and no. No, if you call the list Books We Love and Hope You Buy by the New York Times. Mm. But if you call the list the best seller list, okay. then a reasonable person might assume that the books on this list are arranged in the order yeah. of the popularity in which they sold. But look, I'm not, I'm not, I don't mean to complain. My mom is thrilled <laughs> and she is, yeah. she is the best example of work ethic I can give you. Woman wrote every day for 60 years before she got published. I'm not complaining about her placement on the list. I'm complaining about the fact that it's one more thing. Best sellers? Change the name of your list. Yeah. Inflation reduction? Change the name of your bill. Pass whatever you want. Argue however you like. But if we don't do something about the language and the fact that it's being redefined right under our feet, we're just going to talk in circles for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Labor Day can no longer simply be, how can Labor Day be a celebration of labor when nobody goes to work? That was my soapbox. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm still thrilled to be as busy as I am and working on the foundation I've got and, and helping sell my mom's book. Yeah, and we'll talk to you about your mom's book. After the news, we're celebrating Labor Day with Micro from Dirty Jobs, Deadliest Catch, microworks.org. Day Plier 720 WGM. We're talking to Mike Rowe. TV's Dirty Jobs, Deadliest Catch, the story behind the story. Um, vacuuming in the nude and other ways to get attention. There's meaning behind that. <laughs> From well, an 84 year old. I mean, there's, yeah. there's more meaning in the subtitle than in the title. My, my mom has a friend who vacuums in the nude, and she does it whenever her husband's home because it gets his attention, and they usually wind up taking a shower together. Sorry, but that's, you know. When yeah. she told me that story, I laughed out loud and I said, look, that's your cover. Because as a writer, as a woman who tried to get the attention of publishers for over 60 years, yeah. you understand what that means today. Right. And look look more broadly. I mean, everybody with a Facebook page and Instagram, a Snapchat, TikTok, everybody with a radio show or a TV show. You and I, David, we spend most of our 
our time trying to get the attention of our listeners and viewers and then trying to hold their attention Mm -hmm. with something that feels like meaningful entertainment or useful information, whatever it is. This is the time we're living in. So her third book is uh, the story of one writer's journey, an incredible woman who lived a long time. I mean, she's still out there, 84 years old, Mm -hmm. finally a New York Times bestselling author. And she got there uh, by writing every single day. You talk about work ethic. That woman never left the house without a yellow legal pad and two number two pencils. She interviewed strangers. She wrote their stories. She pinned them to the refrigerator. My dad took them off the next day and read them out loud to total strangers for 60 years. Wow. That's how they lived. Mm-hmm. And now it, it's paid off. So, yeah, that's really my Labor Day story. Take a lesson from Peggy Rowe, my mother. She's hard-headed and stubborn and not really number 11. She's number one. <laughs> Vacuuming in the nude and other ways to get attention. All right, what else are you working? I mean, I, I, what else are you working on? Like, what new seasons are you are you in the midst of or ready to begin, Mike? Well, I'm super excited uh, about Dirty Jobs. Yeah. We've been on the air now 20 years. Yeah. We just finished the last season. That'll be on toward the end of the year. Look, it's just, again, I've said this to you before, but when the headlines catch up to the themes of a show and make it relevant in yeah. ways you never imagined. That's pretty cool. And Essential Work is headline news, and Dirty Jobs was the granddaddy of Essential Working shows, so that'll be back um, early next year, late December maybe. How America Works is Dirty Jobs Without a Host. I produce it, present mm-hmm. it, and narrate it. That's on Fox Business. Story Behind the Story is a TV show based on my podcast, which is called The Way I Heard It. That's over on TVN every Saturday night. But most importantly, the foundation is 14 years old today. Yeah, and happy birthday. Congratulations. Those, thanks, man. Look, it means a lot because all those projects are fun to work on and they, they keep me busy, but mostly they give me an excuse to talk about our scholarship program and help tell the stories of the 2,000 people who are now welders and steam fitters and pipe fitters and electricians and HVAC technicians. We need those people. My foundation exists to help them. And if any of your listeners want to apply for a work ethic scholarship, shameless plug, microworks.org. No question. Love how you give back every day. You do great work. And it's always a pleasure to tap your brain and spend some time with you. Thanks. And I and I do apologize for the frightening image of my mother vacuuming <laughs> naked, but and it's she's on the cover of the book. <laughs> Clothed. Rest easy. It's, it's, it's not a pop-up. All right. It's, it's a fun G-rated book. That You'll love good. it. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. You're welcome, Dave. Take care.